Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. To all the non-believers, how did that? To all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all pro teams in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. Hello, everyone. After a long layover, welcome to the main event. My name is Daniel Yanofsky, and I'm your uh, host for the evening, for or the afternoon, per se, for Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us at Double G Sports, at TGS underscore main event, or my name's at Dan, Y-A-N-O-F-S-K-Y. For those new viewers that are joining in, I know why, I think. It's because we have a special guest on today's show at 12.15, and her name is Heather Heat Hardy, a Peloton MMA fighter and a boxer as well to go with it. Tune in at 12.15 for when she comes onto the air. And then after that, we will be talking about WWE No Mercy pay-per-view tonight or on the WWE Network for $9.99. That is before all the football drama starts, so we get all of you, this right in before the melee begins. Now, let's talk about before Heather Hardy joins the air. Thank you for tuning in. I want to talk about Aaron Pico and UFC's fight night a few days ago. First of all, Aaron Pico at Bellator 183 dominated Justin Lin. It took one round uh, for him to KO Justin Lin compared to losing to Freeman in, in New York City by tapping out in a, few, in a few seconds. This was the bounce back win that Aaron Pico needed that I've been talking about before. I posted a certain similar article about this a few days ago stating that Aaron Pico needed a lighter atmosphere. He was a highly talented prospect with no wins, no losses in his record until recently. He was in the bright lights in New York City. It was his first professional fight. Everyone was talking about only him, and it seemed unfair. And it might have been that the bright lights got to him or that he wasn't truly ready. So having another fight against another veteran opponent, but in his home state of California, and have the fact that it's not as highly touted as it once was when he first got onto the scene, it's a perfect mix for what a fighter should have. He also uh, debuted a new coach that I talked about a few days ago in MMA. He has the boxing background. He has the wrestling background. But he doesn't seem to have the MMA background that everyone was praising and bring in a coach that decides to know all things about MMA and you have a recipe for success. First round knockout. Aaron Pico is on the board. Welcome to the octagon. Welcome to the bright lights. They say that welcome to, prof- to professional wrestling for some wrestlers, you know, brings it to light now that in Bellator MMA, one man can succeed right away after giving an, getting given another chance. Speaking of WWE and professional wrestling, we'll be talking about WWE's No Mercy pay-per-view tonight, uh, today. Will John Cena beat Roman Reigns, or will the big dog land on top? Will Braun Strowman realize his destiny and defeat Brock Lesnar to win the WWE Universal Championship? We'll find out later on in the show. Now, I want to talk about one specific fight night match uh, 
besides St. Prue versus uh, Okami, which this guy won via shoulder, submission via shoulder is fantastic. I think it's a phenomenal way to win a fight. And that I don't think I've seen that move before, the Von Flu choke. I don't think I've seen it out of St. Prue's fights before. But it's devastating in the sense that it's a shoulder attack. And it can be easily used. And I, I liked how if you've seen that St. Prue is in trouble, he just manages to work his way out of the situation just by moving himself around and then putting in the choke. I think that's fantastic. And they should rename the choke after him since he's three out of, I believe, five uh, finishes have come from him. But I really want to talk about Jessica Andrade versus Claudia Cadella. Three rounds. Unanimous decision, Andrade won. And these two strawweights would be next in line for Joanna uh, Champion's title. Now, Joanna is facing Rose at UFC 217 at Madison Square Garden. Now, Joanna's beaten both these women before. And this should be Jessica, actually, her last... Uh, fight Jessica was against Ioana in a losing effort. With a dominant win like this, I could see her, if Ioana wins at UFC 217, her going straight to the title shot. And let me tell you, that was a bloody war between two powerful women. And I think that might have been one of the best women fights uh, we've seen this year and possibly the best fight uh, in general we've seen this year. Top 10 at least. Uh, bloody war, very technical, very calculated. I think Andrade put her in about three attitude adjustments. Uh, hey, John Cena, how you doing? But I got to say, that was much better than the main event. Yeah, it was nice to see St. Peru won. But when you think about it, the real main event was the women's strawweight fight, which is great to see. And I hope to see more of it in the future. I hope Joanna gets... Uh, more pay-per-view main event spots, along with the women who just fought this past weekend. And it's been a great uh, combat sport weekend for everyone involved. You had a successful UFC fight night, successful Bellator event, and a successful, hopefully successful uh, WWE No Mercy event coming up. I just want to point out, Bellator MMA, I know we have Heather Hardy coming up, and she's in Bellator, and there's no extra fake praise. This is real praise. Bellator MMA in 2017 has risen above and beyond expectations to become one of the best overall companies this year. While the UFC has had various injuries occur, had various people tune out of the fights because of weight issues or due to injury, like I said before, or the recent John Jones uh, scenario that's recently happened or Conor McGregor going straight to MMA, uh, boxing and possibly leaving MMA. It's very interesting to see a company that just like a year ago wasn't thriving as much as we they should have due to like Dada 3000, Dada and um, Kimbo Slice both in a not knowing how to really say type of main event they really come on their own and they've signed uh, Mauro Ranallo. They've signed Mike Goldberg and they have all this talent. Yes. Some of them are UFC talent, but they're dominant UFC talent like Roy Nelson, Benson Henderson and Heather Hardy is one of the recent additions to them. And they have Aaron Pico, Zach Freeman, who is a salesman by day and a fighter by night, which is fantastic. And I just think that with all the work that they've been doing, Scott Coker has been possibly the best promoter uh, when it comes to mixed martial arts. I'm not going to say professional wrestling because that goes into another category. But Dana White has done a phenomenal job over the years. However, I feel like this year, 2017, my co-host Christine a few months ago said that Bellator would be the rising uh, company in 2017. 
and it's not due to UFC's demise, but it's also but it's due to the rise of competitive fighting, and it's just like WWE. There's Ring of Honor now. There's New Japan Pro Wrestling now. There's Evolve. There's PWG. There's various other companies that are here for the taking that are expanding your mind in regards to pro wrestling and just like Bellator, MMA. While their events are very interesting, to say the least, they have great fighters now and their events are worthy enough for you to buy and just see what you can do in regards to these fights. I know there's a debate going on about indie wrestling and other companies outside of um, UFC as well, but they seem to know what they're doing. And Bellator, by signing Heather Hardy and signing all these people, have a pretty good idea of, of what the business mindset of surviving in a, in a company like, or in a board like mixed martial arts is. And you have Gregor Mousasi uh, debuting at Bellator 185. You had Muhammad Lal against Liam McGeary. Brent Ward's fighting. You have Bellator 185 uh, in Connecticut. You have just a whole bunch of people who either were big or are big or consider the future. And 2017 is, I guess I can compare it to WCW if you want to. In the early days of WCW, they were the pain to the, in the neck to the WWE or the WWF at the time. Not to say that they haven't been around for a while. They have. I think 2017 was their breakout year, just like when Hulk Hogan joined the NWO or formed the NWO. That was the rising point in WCW. Can it continue to succeed is questionable, but I think that's up to them to truly decide whether or not they are ready to move on in the world and they've already done it right now in my opinion with all these great fights uh Milianenko, Chael Sonnen while while some of these fighters are on the older side they still can pack a punch and be good value provide good value to uh pay-per-view providers and fans and sponsors and everything in between. And I think that's what makes uh, competition so great. You want competing leagues. Now, should I say the uh, the indoor football league, what it once was, should be competition with the NFL? No, it's not an NFL show. Having competition makes you better. And I think with Bellator's rise, I think we can see UFC starting to reel back on uh, what they've normally done and just pull out of the water like WWE has. I think that competition has made themselves aware to the point where they can actually provide enough entertainment and talent in order to move around the maze that is business life. Bellator is walking straight up. They kicked the doors down in 2017 and taken advantage of all the faults that UFC has provided to its fans, whether it's, like I said before, terrible main events or not terrible, but not events that you consider for your event. Uh, once again, this is DGS main event underscore main event twitter this is the main event i am daniel yanofsky for double g sports blog talk radio our guest coming soon is heather hardy of bellator fame and boxing we'll also be talking about wwe no mercy tonight which will be i believe at eight o'clock pre-show six or seven should be an exciting wrestlemania 2.0 for WWE. And for those of you wondering, 
there will be predictions, maybe some, not some spoilers, but we should have a good show in regards to that because there's always Vegas betting going around. And I guess if you want to take it lightly, they do change the betting every so often and up to the show they could, they could change it, which is really interesting to say the least. And I guess you can say we'll keep a close eye on the betting pools. And I believe right now we have Miss Heather Hardy on the show with us. Hello, Heather. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yourself? Not bad. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Now, first of all, Right when you show up to Bellator, they're working on making a women's flyweight division. Did you make that happen? Uh, oh, a belt I, for the division. Um, I'm sure I had nothing to do with that. There's a very uh, Scott Coker is, is putting a lot of effort into building the entire division, and there's a lot of talent in there right now. So I'm sure I was perhaps part of it, but I didn't uh, have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been very interesting. And what are your thoughts on the belt being announced and the entire division getting a chance to shine? Well, I think that's kind of what was so attractive to me to come over to Bellator at this time, right? Like um, the starting of the 125-pound division, knowing that they were going to sign a lot of prospects and girls who have been fighting and doing this for a long time. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time for women's MMA in general. Um, like I said, right after my last fight, I have a lot of work to do and I still have to prove myself as a fighter before I even can talk about taking that shot at the title. That was actually going to be my uh, next question. How many fights do you think you need to have in order to be considered for, to be a contender? Because I know people go from one to two fights to even none. So I know you're fighting at Bellator 185. If you win that fight, do you think you would be in consideration? Um, I think that you know, you kind of like one of those things where you know when you know. I don't think I have to have a certain number of fights, so to speak, because I'm a 20-fight professional in boxing already. It's not a matter of me you know, not being professional long enough to prove that I'm a champion. I'm already a champion in one sport. It's just a matter of when do I feel comfortable with all the things. You know, this is a new sport for me, so... Um, I guess we'll kind of see how my progression goes and everyone can be the judge of that. When the fans are ready to see me fight for the title, you know, that's when I'll be ready to fight for the title. And I'm sure your fans want you to fight now right away for the title, but they, they're going to have to wait. Uh, what would it mean for you to be a two sport champion? Um, I mean, is to be a champion is, is like puts you in an elite category, right? So, uh, I've already decided that I was going to become a champion in this. It's just, like you said, a matter of time and proving myself and making my way up the ladder. I mean, I don't do things halfway. When I said I was going to do, you know, start fighting MMA and compete, and then when I signed this long-term contract with Bellator, it's already been decided that I'm going to be a champion. It's just a matter of uh, when, where, and who you beat. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, I'm in the gym close to three different training sessions a day, playing catch-up, and which I've been doing my whole career, right? I started boxing when I was 28 years old, didn't turn pro until I was 30, and I worked so hard to skip out all the extra steps. You know, I haven't been doing this for 20 years. So when I jumped into MMA, I jumped in knowing I had a lot of catch-up work to do, but I got the best team behind me getting me ready for it. I think that's all that what you need. I know uh, yesterday Aaron Pico decided to add one more member to his team who's actually in MMA. How many MMA co like how many coaches would you say you have like in various sports? Do you have different type of coaches that help you? Uh, of course. I mean, my boxing coach from my very first amateur boxing match is a three-time world champion kickboxer. So I'm doing all my kicking with Devon, who's been my coach since day one. Um, I have a, a striking coach for MMA who um, 
was a, a, a boxer from Serbia with over 250 professional boxing matches, who also has MMA fights. I'm working with Daniel Gracie for jiu-jitsu and um, Hobson Gracie for jiu-jitsu. And Daniel's my overall MMA coach. And I also just started working with um, a boxing coach out of Gleason's for conditioning just to keep fresh on my boxing. Pozolito Guzman. So anything to really help, I guess, your transition? Because while there are similarities between boxing and MMA, it's a little different. Would would you say is is the preparation mentally and physically different? It's a hundred percent different. It's like it's like trying to say that basketball and football are the same sports just because you use a ball that you throw, right? Like the concept is the same, but you know, distance, timing. Uh, for me, I find a lot of things different. Like punches don't change. Punches will always be punches, but your body positioning and how far away from your opponent you have to be. And then there's certain things you have to be aware of. The entire sport of MMA different than boxing. And I say that to say this. Like you said, I have all these coaches who all expect me to have a certain amount of gym time with them. So I'm not seeing all these coaches once a week. Like I have to put in sessions three to four times a week with every single one of my coaches. So it's it's time consuming. Um, it's expensive traveling, going to different gyms. So one of my gyms isn't near a subway. So it costs me Uber fare there and back three times a week, which now is going to wind up being bumped up to four or five times a week that we're getting closer to the fight. So it's, it's a big big time commitment because I'm a mother and I have a full-time job. So sometimes the end of the day comes and I, I just am praying for five more hours. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say your star rating for Uber must be fantastic if you're taking all those cars. Yeah, they uh, they pretty much just like, oh, Heather's going to training again. <laughs> <laughs> um have you been pushing for an MMA card at the Barclays Center? You seem familiar with the area. Yeah, actually, um, I've talked to the, the folks at Brooklyn Boxing before, and um, they seem they, they held the UFC at, in Long Island at the, the Barclays Coliseum. And I keep telling them, like, guys, come on, bring me home, bring me home. So I'm not sure if there are any talks actually in process, but I have a really um, – really good relationship with the Barclays Center. They're actually giving me um, a community service award at one of their galas uh, in October, and uh, I plan on keep on bothering them for it. I'd love to do an MMA fight right here at my home at Barclays. If we want, we can get it trending right now. Uh, Bellator for Brooklyn or Heather Hardy for Brooklyn. I think that yeah. I think that we can get it trending, and it can work pretty well. I think that's a good call. I like it. Once again, this is Heather Hardy of Bellator and also of boxing. She'll be fighting October 20th, Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut for Bellator 185. Uh, This is the main event on Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. Heather, I have a question about, I guess, your opportunity in sports today for women. Do you think there are more opportunities for them today, or can something be different? Well, I think that there's always room for improvement. Um, in MMA, I'm, you see a turn of the time where athletes are athletes. They don't have, you know, if you look at my WBC belts in boxing, they all say female champion. In MMA, there are no female champions. There's just bantamweight champions, featherweight, flyweight champions. There's no male and female distinction, right? So I definitely see a tremendous advancement in MMA for females. As far as boxing is concerned, they're so far behind the times. And, you know, we're right now at a spot which was better than 10 years ago ever would have dreamed to be, seeing like Clarissa Shields headlining cards on Showtime. You know, Amanda Serrano has been on Showtime Extreme a few times. My fight with Shelly Vincent on NBC. So we're seeing a turn of the times. Michaela Meyer was just signed to top rank as the first female wonderful things happening but the doors aren't open yet let's not let's make no mistake about that because when women are all fighting over one female spot on each card and we're not being accepted because of talent we're just given the girl spot i mean it's still not it's still not equal do you think there's any way for it to change i guess through 
your efforts or through any of the women fighter efforts or do you think there's something that the fans can do or the in, the inside of the uh, sport, anything that can happen? Well, I think there needs to be more pressure put on television executives to televise female fights, right? And there's always the argument that nobody wants to see females fighting or we, we haven't had good ratings for it. But, you know, one thing I always draw back to is that Dana White took a chance with Ronda Rousey and he put her on the main event of a tremendous card. So, he didn't put her on the main event as her own card on a Thursday night, or he didn't put her on the undercard version on local cable TV of a big card. He threw her on the, the co-main event for a tremendous card that got tons of visibility. And that's what boxing is, is missing. I mean, Triple G Canelo was, was, was a couple weeks ago. The entire planet was on. Why wasn't there a female main event, co-main event? just to show that there are girls out here doing this. I mean, I fought on Porter Thurman. I fought on Thurman Garcia. And, and I lobbied so hard, like, put me on the main portion. I promise you I won't disappoint. But it's like no one wants to take the chance on it. And it's about time someone starts taking chances because there is such a deep pool of female talent when it comes to women's boxing. And right now the world is only seeing four or five names. I I would totally agree with you. I just I can't see how without enough effort that it needs to be brought out into the light. I feel like boxing while different from MMA is the same when you have one dominant fighter like yourself who is in box who is in boxing. I think that uh with enough eyes it can be uh brought into the light. I feel what do you think? Do you think that um one defining moment or one defining person can change something? I do. I think it's going to take um, – see, a big part of the problem is that there's no single sanctioning body for, for boxers, right? Like boxing is run by five or six different people, and these are all the same guys who've been sitting in charge of boxing for the past 25 years. Back in the days when Layla Ali was on TV and they couldn't find opponents for her and women's boxing kind of just took a nosedive. So nobody wants to take a chance anymore, and they're not seeing the amount of talent or or even the way that they can capitalize financially on female fighting the way that MMA does. I mean, right now, even the guys, you know, boxing aren't aren't given the same kind of chances or making the same kind of money or getting the same kind of fights as uh, males in MMA on their way up. In MMA, the money is much more evenly distributed, whereas boxing is kind of reserved for the very few favorites up at the top. And even pro wrestling, uh, which, while it's different for both sports, have started to, over the years, have started to have a more familiar light with female athletes in the sport. I think that they're in main events. They're competing in matches that only the men would have before. Do you think that, because it was fan interaction that first helped to get started, do you think that uh, fans would need to get involved just to help progress women in boxing like they did for pro wrestling, like Ronda Rousey and fans did for UFC and MMA in general? Yeah, I think in general, I mean, getting the word out is the most important thing because so many people don't know the, the, the depth of the talent pool there is for female boxing. And the more people that know about it, the more people that can talk about it. And the more people talking about it, the more pressure we can put on guys like Steven Espinosa from Showtime or ESPN or HBO Boxing, you know, saying, why aren't we seeing these women? Why aren't we seeing these incredible women? Because there are so many of us. And do you think instead of Mayweather versus McGregor, they should have had at least a couple more women uh, fights with women on the uh, on that card, or in general their own uh, pay per view? Well, I don't know that I would say instead of anything, right? Like, how many times do you watch a boxing fight, and you watch four or five really boring, horrible fights, and they might be guys with good records, but how about all the women out there with great records that are fighting for world titles on you know, undercard shows making $500 a round. I mean, that's the part that's not fair. It's not to say that, you know, I've fought on cards before where I would look at the lineup and go, okay, I can't even argue for a TV spot because there's way too much talent on here. Like, you know, it's it's not to say that there should be more girls 
people should be picked based on how much talent they have and put together good cards. I mean, that's what they're doing in MMA. They're making good fights and putting together good cards that the fans want to see. They're not filling slots to put money in the pockets of these top five guys who are running boxing right now. Once again, this is Heather Hardy, Bellator and Boxing Fame. She'll be fighting at UFC 185 in Connecticut at the Weekend Sun Arena. This is this is DGS main event underscore for Twitter, and this is the main event on Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. My name is Daniel Yanofsky. Uh Heather, do you have any advice for young girls today who are watching you fight or interested in joining combat sports, knowing that there may be differences uh, within the fighting realm for women and men, or uh, do you have any just advice for them in general on how to get started? Um, well, I will say that no matter what you want to do, whether you want to be an athlete or a doctor or a lawyer or a police officer, anything that you want to do is going to get really hard before it gets to be where you feel like it's worth it, that you're finally doing it. So if I can give any advice to any girls out there who really want to become professional athletes or, you know, combat sport athletes, just understand that it takes a lot of dedication and sacrifice, and you don't always see the results right away. I lost my first two amateur fights, but I kept going back, and I kept learning, and I was – insisted that I wasn't going to give up. And that's really been the story of my whole career. And you have a 20-0 and record in boxing, and are, and you were undefeated in MMA so far, so I think you've got it going pretty well right now. Yeah, it was definitely worth those two losses I took in the amateurs. <laughs> you've come a long way, I'd say. Who would be your dream match, I guess, in MMA uh, boxing, or in, in general, who would you want to go after, male, female, anyone that you that your heart could desire? Sure. In boxing, um, I would love the WBC 126-pound title. Um, Jelena has it, a, girl, a Canadian girl, and I would love a shot at that title. Um, unfortunately, in Canada, they're paying the, the women three times more than they're paying them here. So I've spent a lot of time lobbying, trying to get her to come here and them to pay her what she deserves. Um, so that that is a dream fight I'd like to see actually happen. That That's a main event kind of fight. For MMA, it would be so arrogant and rude of me to even call out anyone or say who I'd want to fight because right now I'm still making my way up the ladder and I have to prove that I can back up whoever it is I'm calling out to fight. <laughs> That's, that's definitely fair, and I feel like um, against your fight against Christina Williams, I, I believe that that could be a good turning point if you win, or when you win in this sense, um, could be a good turning point in gaining respect, more respect from your peers in the mixed martial arts world. Uh, sure. I think the the beauty of, of MMA is that it's really like performance over result, right? Like so many times you see – great fighters have a great fight and um, you don't even really remember so much if they won or lost, but you remember the really exciting parts of the fight. Like the girl that I beat in my very first fight, um, the one that I beat in my first fight, she like, yeah, she didn't win the fight and I stopped her at the end, but there were so many highlights from that fight that showed what a true warrior she is, like what a true spirit she came in to win and, I mean, I think that's what the takeaway is. And that's why I know I need experience. I need cage time. I need to go in there and fight and prove that I, I give the fans what they want to see. I believe you're talking about uh, Alice Yeager at the Ultra 180 Alice. at Alice. MSG. Alice. Alice. She looks that, like I, 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 yes. I fought a girl in boxing named Peggy. And, oh, my God, she just, every time I see her face in my head, I think Peggy, and I'm like, no, that's the girl I boxed. <laughs> so I did mean Alice. <laughs> yeah. It all comes together when it when it's all said and done. Fighting is, I guess, for you, uh, uh, all, uh, all the opponents, but they're in, a, in the end they're the same because they're people that you're facing that you need to beat in order to advance into the world. Some could be better than others, but at the end of the day, they're your opponents that you share the ring with, that you respect at the end of the night, possibly. We don't, we don't know depending sure. on who sure. they are. But, sure. but I feel like uh, at the end of the day, regardless of who you're fighting, 
your goal at the end of the day is to get the respect that you believe that you deserve while also getting the victories that you know that you should win. Right. Perfect way uh, to think about these type of fights. And um, just, I guess, one more question before I let you go. Any last words for your fans leading up to your fight uh, at Bellator 185? Any uh, advice to go to any last words to get them to the event, to get them to look into it, or to become more of a fan of you than they already are? Oh, sure. Thanks. I mean, I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Heather the Heat, on Twitter at Heather Hardybox, or you can sign up for email alerts for, like, we have a bunch of local New York City stuff, like event promo. Um, Liam McGeary and I are doing our media workout at Models coming up, and we have a wine tasting event at one of my sponsors in Brooklyn for tickets, parties, you know, enter for raffles. So hook, hook up to my website, heather-hardy.com, and sign in for email alerts, and you'll get all sorts of inside cool event invitations. I gotta say, the wine tasting does does sound enticing. You you talk, you're talking to a real wine guy over here. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends, you know, everyone who knows who knows me or follow me knows that I love wine and I love cake. So of course, I got a cool wine sponsor from Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, that's the best. I think that's the best thing that you can ask for right now. For sure. Well, thank you, Heather. Hardy again for joining us and I do appreciate you taking the time to come onto the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. All right, have a good have a good one, Heather. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. That was Heather Heat Hardy with Bellator and Boxing. You can listen again to this interview after the show has ended uh multiple times, however many times you want. Thank you for uh, I want to thank her for joining us. She's a great a great athlete and a great human being and a great person just for joining onto the show. Hopefully she gets the win at the uh, Bellator 185. Not saying I'm siding with her, but she joined the show. So I'm siding with her. She'll be facing Christina Williams at Mohegan Sun Arena in Newcomville, Connecticut. Bellator 185 with Gregor Musasi debuting for Bellator. So that was the most I'd say I've talked about and they you know quite quite some time compared to professional wrestling. So I want to thank her again. And now we move on to No Mercy. First of all, actually, before we go on, definitely attend these events that she was talking about and definitely consider going to Bellator 185. Now we get to WWE No Mercy pay-per-view tonight, which is considered WWE's Wrestling 2.0. WrestleMania 2.0, I would have to say. And it is quite a show we have. Let's go down the line and see what we can find. Uh, we have Apollo Crews versus Elias Samson, even though they got rid of his last name, uh, in a dark match on the pre-show. And first of all, if nobody has noticed yet, Elias Samson has a lisp, and he has a singing gimmick. So something doesn't seem to make sense there, or WWE knows that, and they're huge trolls. Either way, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to give this one to... Uh, I'm going to give this to Elias Samson because there may be issues within the Titus brand uh, with Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews and Akira Tozawa. I'm going to give this one to Elias Samson because he deserves a win, and I can't wait for him to sing a post-match celebration song because he is a lisp, he is a singer, and he's phenomenal. We have The Miz versus Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title. The Miz is with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. I'm not sure with Maurice if she's going to be there because she's pregnant. Uh, congratulations to the both of them on their announcement of their pregnancy. Apparently it was a surprise. And The Miz is a phenomenal athlete or a phenomenal talker, and I'm sure they'll both be phenomenal parents. Uh, Jason Jordan's Kurt Angle's son, speaking of parents, uh, first he was on the pre-show on the last show, and now he's wrestling on the main card, so I guess that's got good graces with Kurt Angle. Uh, I can. I want The Miz to win this. I feel like Jason Jordan will just for the advancing the storyline purposes, but I don't – I have a deep thought in my mind that maybe they'll advance the storyline where Jason Jordan loses and he gets more – he gets angrier as time goes on and then he lashes out a current angle. I feel like they should be doing that in the storyline because they've just started to heat up with whatever they were planning on doing with Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle. 
And to have it derail the Miz's great title run would be upsetting, but I believe the Miz will win this. The, my mind is going towards Jason Jordan, though. Next, we have Neville versus Enzo Amore for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. And the weirdest match ever because Enzo Amore is in the Cruiserweight division, giving him something to do since Big Cass is gone for a couple months. I believe that Neville should keep his title because Tezaka won it. Great. Was a worthy opponent for Neville to lose his record-setting title reign against. However, Neville won it back. Questionable decisions. And now you have Enzo Amore in the title picture, which is okay, I guess. Uh, apparently, he's improved as a wrestler. I think he's better off in the cruiserweight division than he ever was in the heavyweight division. And I guess we're going to uh, go down the line of Enzo Mori being a legitimate contender. I still see Neville winning this. Enzo may surprise, quote-unquote, Neville by performing wrestling moves and doing crazy things and maybe having a close attempt but I think it will be Neville that walks away the winner of this fight, and maybe Enzo will get one more match, but he'll put on a fighting effort, and that's all that he's been known for, and it will be very interesting to see. Next we have uh, Alexa Bliss for Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax versus Emma versus Bailey in a fatal five-way match for the Raw Women's Championship. I don't think this is uh, elimination style, which is interesting to say the least. Uh, because there's five women, and it can get a little messy at times, especially with a bunch of combobulated people. Uh, Bailey just got involved this past week after coming back in San Jose, in her home state, in her home uh, town as well. Uh, Emma finally getting a chance for a title, but I think she's going to be used for Oscar bait when Oscar comes back uh, to WWE via Raw. Soon, Nia Jax and the Alexa Bliss storyline should have been, I guess, those two first, but we can get what we can get. I think there will be a rematch between the two shortly. There's a couple scenarios I think will take place. One, I think that Sasha Banks will... Mm, I think Alexa Bliss will win the title. Well, she will re- retain the title. The other scenario is that Sasha Banks wins the title by screwing Bailey, hence finally bringing to the fold a heel Sasha Banks that needs to be made because she needs a different change of character. I think she just dyed her hair purple, so I think that leads to, I don't know if that leads to a heel turn. I'm not sure what hair changing means. Uh, what, me with no hair, I don't think that means anything. But I think it's going to be a very good match, because you have great competitors with Emma, Sasha Banks, Lexa Bliss, Bailey, a, a Haas and Nia Jack. Like, she's improved, and she's... She's known for being, like, the, the big show type role or the monster type role. She's not like most girls, as most people say. I think Nia Jax is a great competitor. She's improved over recent time. I think that uh, Piper Nevin was, is what she should have been, I guess, in a good wrestler, but she has improved. I know Sasha Banks will bump like crazy. I know Emma will not take the pinfall. I cannot see that. I'm going to say Bailey takes the pinfall or Sasha Banks takes the pinfall and they'll blame either or on the loss, which will be very interesting to see. But I think Alexa Bliss takes home the gold again. Next, we have Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a singles match or a man versus man match because we're not using Stephen Finn and they've been talking about man versus man and whatever Bray's been talking about. I feel bad for Bray Wyatt at this point because WWE champion once, but he... He has a short end of the stick many times when it comes to these type of things. I think Finn Balor will win, uh, being a man version of himself. Uh, side note, uh, Stardust, uh, Goldust, my apologies, was Dustin Rhodes for a day. I would love to see that going forward happen more often, especially with the Starcade uh, match coming up, with Starcade event coming up. He is not in the match, and it would be great to see him on the card that his dad, helped, Dusty Rhodes, helped build. Next, you have Dean Ambrose for, and Seth Rollins versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I see Ambrose and Rollins retaining the titles uh, after a great match. I don't know if there will be any involvement like the club or anybody like that, but I think that with the tag title scene, a little dwindling because of the fact that Dash and Dawson are uh, at a loop again. 
I see Ambrose and Rollins winning the, uh, retaining the titles. I think majority of the champions will retain the title. I'll get to that later on. Uh, the majority, why I say majority. Next, you have the big dog Roman Reigns versus the ma- the face that runs the place, I guess, and John Cena. This is highly likely could have been a WrestleMania match, and why it saved for this event is very interesting to say the least. But I found it very interesting that um, (laughs) the uh, main, it's not going to be the main event, but I find it interesting that John Cena and Batista did the exact same thing at uh, SummerSlam. You have the same person, basically. You have a guy who has muscles, a guy who has a spear as a finisher, and a guy who can do a powerbomb. Not as a finisher, but who can do a powerbomb. And that's very interesting to point out. Because the way John Cena lost was he took a top rope Batista bomb after going for the diving leg drop that he always does, and Batista won and ended up injuring John Cena. The way I see it is Roman Reigns can beat John Cena if he goes up on the top rope and he spears him like he did to Shane McMahon at Survivor Series a few years ago. Uh, this is an exciting matchup, I gotta say. It's, it's unknown what's going to happen, and... I find it extremely entertaining. I don't know who's going to win, but I think I'm going to say that John Cena is going to walk out the victor after Roman Reigns beats him, not bloody, but beats him badly. For Roman Reigns to win would be probably the smart move for the company considering they consider him the future. But John Cena is John Cena and unless he's going off to film another movie or a TV show, which may be possible, I can see Roman Reigns losing to John Cena. However, given what's been happening with uh, them talking back and forth against one another, I can see John Cena losing. But my official prediction is that John Cena wins and Roman Reigns beats him to a, not bloody, but to a pulp. And now we have the match that is the second WrestleMania match, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship. My apologies, let me rephrase that. Braun Strowman. I am so surprised at how much I appreciate Braun Strowman as a wrestler. Yes, as a wrestler, not as an entertainer. uh, Because the guy can actually move. Last year, close to two years ago, he could not wrestle. That's why Undertaker did not want to face him at all. He requested not to face him at WrestleMania a few years ago. But Braun Strowman has significantly improved enough that I would consider him just just to give him the title. Just give him the title. That's all I'm saying. Because if you let Brock Lesnar win, you're going to have to find a creative way for Braun Strowman to loot the uh, opportunity for the title. And they have to keep him strong because – He's the strongest character they have. They had faith in Baron Corbin before they had faith in uh, Braun Strowman. And Baron Corbin lost his Money in the Bank briefcase because he has kind of heat backstage with some of the guys from what I've understood. Although he's getting championship opportunities, so it's very interesting to see how this is actually going. I will say that this is the most unpredictable match of the night and of the year because... Like, you had Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, but, like, it's, I know that's not gonna, that wasn't going to last long. This match could go on for at least 20 minutes, and it could be the most destructive match you'll ever see in your life, and I am all for it. I want to see Braun Strowman throw chairs around. I want to see him break barriers. I want to see the ring break again. Yes, I want it to break. I want to see Paul Heyman take a bump. He won't take a bump, but I want to see it because it would be funny. This is what this match is doing to wrestling fans. It is dividing them, but the majority is going to Braun because he's a full-timer. And the best thing that uh, Brock Lesnar could do is to give Braun Strowman the rub and let him defeat him to win the Universal Championship. Let Braun Strowman win. I cannot see Brock Lesnar winning uh, without cheating, one. And cleanly, I can't see. I don't this, this is the most frustrating match of the night compared to John Cena versus Roman Reigns because 
you can either have a guy who's part-time fight and then won't fight again for a couple months, or you'll have uh, Braun Strowman win and become a dominant champion, one of the most dominant builds in WWE in quite some time. Braun Strowman should win the Universal Championship. Will he? Maybe not. How will he lose? How will he win? You'll just have to tune in to find out by joining on the WWE Network for only $9.99 and get your fix on what could be a phenomenal card. Uh, One last note before we go. Uh, Cody Rhodes is officially signed with Ring of Honor Wrestling uh, for a domestic exclusive contract for several years, apparently one of the highest, uh, most generous offers you can give to professional, uh, to professional wrestlers, and Cody Rhodes was able to give it, uh, get it. He was a free agent for quite some time. I've interviewed Cody Rhodes before. He's a great guy. Uh, happy for him in order to advance in his career. Uh, he took a chance after leaving WWE, and he's been all over the world. And it looks like he's finally made his mark as being Ring of Honor World Champion and couldn't be happier for a guy who's worked hard as Cody Rhodes. So congrats, Cody. Hope you're listening, buddy. Uh, once again, this is the main event, Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. I am Dan Yanofsky. You can follow me at Dan, Y-A-N-O-F is Frank, S-K-Y, uh, at Double G Sports. That's not G squared. That's Double G Sports or DGS underscore main event. I would like to thank Heather Hardy for, uh, once again, for joining us today. She'll be fighting a a Bellator 185 um, at Eugensville, Connecticut, in the Mohegan Sun Arena. She will be there on October 20th. Tune in to Bellator to find out more. We talked about a woman in boxing. We talked about her in Bellator. We talked about how transition from Bellator or from mixed martial arts and boxing. Uh, she was great. She, I learned a lot from her and also learned about her upcoming events. Make sure to tune into her website as proclaimed above on Heather Hardy. Uh, thank you again, Heather. And we talked about No Mercy today and Cody Rhodes as well. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy your football Sunday as it is about to begin momentarily. Thank you again. This is Daniel Yanofsky, WG Sports Blog Talk Radio. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy tonight and enjoy the rest of your week as it unfolds.